0: Well, good morning, and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We do welcome you to Mother's Day. So for those of you that are here as either young people or kids or little ones, uh, you might not. In fact, you probably don't have the opportunity to drive yourself out and get something or find something for Mother's Day. So if you've not yet had an opportunity, we have got you covered. In just a moment, we're going to invite you to come on up, those of you that would like to. And we have got some Mother's Day cards. You can take this, you can fold it in half on the inside, you can draw pictures, you can write letters. Uh, this one it would be a coloring uh, one, Happy Mother's Day to the Best Mom. And so we're going to give you an opportunity for our little ones, as well as for, for children or youth who might want to have a card for mom. Uh, if you'd like to do that, feel free to come on up. We do have these available up here in some card format, in some paper format, and some coloring as well. Then we've got some crayons. So feel free to come on up as we begin our service and begin our message today. All right. So while they're coming up, while they're selecting these, in just a moment, I've got a pop quiz for you. It's it's Mother's Day, and we celebrate certainly moms, and, and we celebrate the impact of women in our lives and in our generation I'm going to ask you if you go to the next slide, and we have got five different women. These are women who go by one name, either because of their uh, being famous or by virtue of just simply using that name, but I want you to take a look at these five names, these five women, and I want you to determine which one do you feel is most beneficial, which has had the greatest impact the greatest influence, if you would, on this world and culture and civilization. So we've got five options for you up here. We've got Oprah, Madonna, Beyonce, Malala, and Jacobin. So on the count of three, you're going to vote, and you're going to vote by shouting as loud as you can. Some of these you might not have heard of, and that's okay. You just got to guess one Pick one. Are you ready? Count to three. You're going to shout out, speak out the name of the woman you feel has had the greatest impact in culture. On three. One, two, three. That's what I heard. Okay. Some of you might have shouted out Oprah, certainly a a well-known talk show host. She's been involved in a lot of different things, uh, giving out cars uh, back in the day. She's done a lot of different things. Uh, Madonna and Beyonce, well-known in the entertainment industry. Uh, Malala is a a rather new and younger woman uh, from uh, Pakistan who's uh, a a very young Nobel Peace Prize laureate uh, uh, receiver. And then Jochebed, who uh, maybe you have heard of and maybe you have not. One of these individuals is found in Exodus chapter 2. So we're going to invite you to Exodus chapter 2 as we uh, jump in this morning. title of the message is, Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. So as we jump into Exodus chapter 2, what we see is we have the children of Israel living in Egypt. And if we remember how they got there... In Genesis, towards the end, we see Joseph, who had a dream. He told it to his brothers. They got, well, they got jealous. Remember, they put him in a pit, sold him into slavery. God prospered him even in slavery. And then he was falsely accused of something he did not do, was placed in prison. While in prison, he interpreted dreams for some important individuals. Later on, as he was forgotten about, he had the opportunity of interpreting a dream for the leader, the king, the pharaoh. And God raised him to the second in position underneath the pharaoh in Egypt. All of his family was brought back to live, and that family, a large family, continued to live there, continued to grow. But generation after generation took place until what we see in Exodus chapters 1 and 2, there's a pharaoh, a leader of Egypt, who doesn't know anything about Joseph, doesn't know anything about these individuals, these Israelites. What he does know is that there's a whole lot of them. These Israelites are, are running rampant. And so what he's tried to do is he begins to put them into slavery, and they keep multiplying. In fact, what we see in Exodus chapter 1, verse 12, it says that the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied. It's just an encouragement and a reminder that even in the midst of the deepest and most difficult times, God sees and can intervene. Even when they were affected the most, they were blessed and multiplied. So the Pharaoh had this desperate attempt to try to curtail and eliminate this male population. He issued a decree. Any male babies of these Israelite women, if they had a male child... They need to die. You're to throw that male child into the Nile River to get rid of, to eliminate the males. It was, it was to try to kind of put that thumb down on the Israelites. And so these are the orders in this day, in this culture, as we turn to Exodus chapter 2. So this morning, we're going to be looking at a pretty incredible woman who, yes, was letter E, Jochebed. And we're gonna be looking at some of the principles that she lived by. So, this is a message entitled, Thanks Mom. What we're gonna be looking at what are some principles that we say thanks to our mothers, thanks to these special women in our lives, specifically, thanks to a woman such as Jochebed. What are some of the godly principles that she lived out? But this isn't just a message to mothers. This isn't just a message to women. Because the principles that we see in Jacobed's life, these are principles that it would do well for you and I to follow. So that's where we're headed. Exodus chapter 2. The message is, thanks, mom. So number one, first principle, we say, thanks, mom, for this. Thanks for being faithful without recognition. Here's what Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 says. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. Did you catch that? No names were mentioned. Father's name wasn't mentioned. Mother's name was not mentioned, but mentioned that they were both from the tribe of Levi, which later on would be designated to provide religious leadership, designated to provide spiritual leadership for the country, for this nation, It's not until Exodus chapter 6, verse 20, where we read their names. And they're listed in a little bit of a biographical format. So the father in this case is Amram. The mother is, yes, Jochebed. Amram and Jochebed mentioned in Exodus chapter 6. Now, a number of years ago, the New York Times, the newspaper, was asked to help a group of club women decide the 12 greatest women in the United States. How's that for a task? After due consideration, the editors replied, the 12 greatest women in the United States are women who have never been heard of outside of their own homes. Very interesting because many times when we hear about and we read about incredible mothers and fathers and men and women, sometimes it's the most well-known or it's the most well-publicized people. And yet we're reading about a, a mother in Jochebed who's getting ready to have a child and raise a baby who would become baby Moses. Pretty monumental child in all of history, and specifically in biblical history. And yet in verse 1, we don't even have a name. Maybe you've encountered that before as a, as a parent. You know, as you have little ones growing up or maybe grandchildren growing up, you're, you're not called by your name. You're basically so-and-so's mom. You're so-and-so's dad. You're so-and-so's grandma, grandpa. You become known through your kids or through your grandkids. You're not always maybe known or well-known for who you are. And we see something kind of like this in chapter 2, verse 1. I want to say thanks to Jochebed and thanks to... Moms, thanks mothers, thanks individuals for your faithfulness in raising children, raising grandchildren, even many times without recognition. You don't necessarily always get a gold medal for being a, a dad, for being a mom, for being a grandparent. It's, yet it's an incredibly important task, true? And so what we see is here is Jacobed. Not even mentioned until chapters down the road who is faithfully serving God. And we're going to see more about her her service for the Lord, but faithful without recognition. I want to encourage us to do the very same thing. Let's strive to be found faithful to God with or without recognition by man. Number two from Jochebed. Thanks for seeing potential through the eyes of faith. She saw potential through the eyes of faith. So the man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, verse 2, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Hebrews 11.23 expounds on this and says, saw that he was no ordinary child. So he wasn't ordinary, he was a fine child. Let's just stop for a minute there. Doesn't that sound like every parent ever? I've got the cutest little bundle of joy. Want to take a look? And what do you say when you see the cutest ever little bundle of joy? Even when it's not the cutest little bundle of joy. Because you know yours is, right? How many of you know, sometimes you see children and you get taken back and you're like, whoa, that's... That's a baby. <laughs> but I mean, moms particularly, there is this heart to see the potential, not, not just, you know, the superficial, oh, I've got the cutest little boy and the cutest little girl. But there's there's this innate ability to see what could become. And it seems like she was doing that. She saw something in little baby moses he wasn't an ordinary child he was a he was a fine child now whether whether she had this innate and and special sense from the lord or or whether it was just you know her her seeing potential in him because of that she began to hide him for three months i want to say thanks mom I want to say thanks to each of you who see the potential in what people can become, in in your kids, in your grandkids, in other children and young people in the church and in the community, not just who they are, but who they can become. It's great not just to be a motherly trait, but to be a trait and a principle that we all follow that we see young boys and young girls and teenage boys and teenage girls, young adults, young couples, and we say, wow, God has his hand upon them in a mighty way, in a powerful way, in a special way, and we're identifying the potential of what God can do in and through them. Jochebed was seeing potential through the eyes of faith. Third, thanks, Mom, and thanks, Jochebed, for having courage... In adversity. So how many of you as a mom or a dad or a grandparent or maybe none of the above, how many of you have ever encountered even an ounce of adversity in your life? Chances are pretty good, right? Because life sometimes stinks. It's just not very easy. It's not very pleasant. Adversity. And so we look at Jacobed. Little baby Moses is born in the midst of adversity. The boss, the leader, the king, the Pharaoh of Egypt says, If you've got a baby boy, he must die. You must throw him into the Nile River. And she is pregnant. And she has a little boy. You know, they, they didn't have the ultrasounds to be able to know early on. So imagine as, as this little child is born and they discover that this, this child is not a girl that they would be able to keep, but it's in fact a boy. Now what do you do? Do you follow the, the king? Do you follow the pharaoh? Do you follow the leader of the land? Or do you try to follow and obey the Lord? There was courage even in the midst of adversity. Hebrews eleven twenty three says the same thing. He was hid for three months after he was born. Why? They were not afraid of the king's edict. They were looking to be found faithful and honor and serve the Lord as opposed to man. Going against this ruthless leader wasn't the easiest thing to do. There was courage and adversity. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for many of you who in your heart and in your life and in your homes, in your relationships, in your finances, in all of the various ways as, as you have grown up and raised kids and raised grandkids, you have had godly courage to stand up for what was right, to stand up for what God's word teaches, even when many times it comes in conflict with what the world teaches and the direction that the world is heading. Thank you for having courage to stand for God in the midst of adversity. And it's a great principle, it's a great encouragement and a reminder for you and I. Let us stand strong and have courage in the midst of adversity. There's others as well from Jacobed. Number four, thanks mom, thanks Jochebed, thanks individuals for working creatively to solve problems. Exodus 2 verse 3 says, When she could hide him, when she could hide Moses no longer... She got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. You want to talk about an ultimate craft day. Okay, that's Jochebed. She's getting this little ark, this little boat, this basket. She coats it with tar and pitch to seal it, make it waterproof so it wouldn't sink, and places him in it. I mean, three months old, can you imagine just getting him to three months? What a challenge and the adversity that that would have been. I mean, we all know babies don't cry a bit. Babies are silent. Babies make no noise. Right, you say. Imagine trying to keep your child quiet for three months even when the leaders of Egypt are saying, any baby boy born must die. You're trying to, trying to keep him quiet, trying to keep him satisfied, trying to keep him asleep, trying to keep him whatever. But by three months, man, it's, it's pretty hard to go any, any farther than that. So she gets creative and looking to solve this problem. She basically hides him in the one place that probably the the average Egyptian's not going to look. That's the Nile River. That's where you're supposed to throw them and, and kill them, not place them. So she places him there. No doubt it it seems that maybe God was giving some supernatural wisdom and guidance to do this. It's it's a unique aspect of the story, but God was helping her and guiding her. She was working creatively, following God's leading to solve problems. Thanks, moms, for all that you do. You know, there's a lot of things to be a mom, a lot of things to be a, a, a father, a lot of things to be a grandparent. There's not necessarily a manual that says, okay, when child comes with this, when when grandchild comes with this, here's exactly what you do. But thanks for having the creativity. Thanks for having the flexibility to invest in your kids and your grandkids and those around you, working creatively to try to help and solve the problems that come. So that leads you to number five. Thanks, moms. Thanks, Jochebed, for trusting God with the impossible. Continues the story. She placed the child, she placed Moses in the basket and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. Her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. Trusting God with the impossible. How hard do you think it would have been for you as a mom to take that child your flesh and blood. You've raised him for three months. You know all of his little oohs and ahs and coos and all the noises that no doubt he's made. And you put him in a basket. You coat it and you seal it with some tar and pitch and you put it in the Nile River and you walk away. That's called trust. Not blind faith or blind trust, that's active trust in God for the impossible. Maybe God was leading and guiding and directing her. Notice it said he was put or she put him in the river. I mean, she didn't just stick him in there and kind of shoot him down. Maybe God was kind of nudging or guiding her to kind of place it in a particular place where maybe somebody would see. Maybe God had given her a plan. Maybe God had supernaturally spoken to her. We don't see the details in that. And yet, in the midst of that, she's still got to trust. Whether this is God's plan or God's nudge or the wisdom that that God had given to her to to freely choose on her own, she put her child in a basket, placed him in the river, and left. Now, she, she... left and allowed her daughter to stick around and see what might take place. but She was trusting and leaving the impossible up to God. Now, not only does the daughter of Pharaoh arrive and find the child, her dad's the one who said, Hebrew baby boys must die. Hebrew baby boys must be thrown into the Nile River. He's already there. She, she sees him. She could very easily have just flipped that basket over and done exactly what daddy said. Not only does she find him, not only does she no doubt hear the child crying, she rescues him rather than killing him, but the sister says, hey, what do you know? It's a baby, Do you want me to go find some Hebrew woman, some Hebrew mommy? I bet she could nurse and take care of him for you, wink, wink. Not only is he saved and rescued, Pharaoh's daughter says, yes, go. Go do what you've just said. So the sister runs back to Jochebed and says, hey, guess what? brings her to to see pharaoh's daughter and what does she say take this baby nurse him for me and if that's not enough pharaoh's daughter says i'll pay you to do it that would be the ultimate mom thing right moms how many of you wish that your yearly salary was equivalent to your worth all of the stuff that you do, and, and it was factored in as uh, all of, all of uh, the things that you do, and it was factored into some kind of yearly salary or bonus. You know, so many times, moms and special women, mothers, grandparents, do it and bless their kids and, and bless their grandchildren. Here, she had the privilege of raising her own child and getting paid to do it. How many of you, you'd you'd love to be hired as mom? What's, What's your official title? I'm mom and I get paid. Incredible. She was trusting God to do what only God could do. It was the impossible. She did what she could to try to guide and and protect and and maybe give uh, an opportunity for something to take place. But then she was leaving the result. She was leaving the impossible in God's hands. Life is better when we place our life in God's hands. We often feel like we can do our own thing. We often feel like we've got life all figured out, but when we place our life in God's hands, things work out better. And that's what we see in Jochebed. She was trusting God with the impossible. I want to encourage us to do that. To trust God with the impossible means, first of all, I'm trusting Him with my very life, that I would surrender my heart. I would surrender my life to Jesus Christ, to ask him to cleanse and to forgive me, to give me a brand new start. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life, God, I'm trusting you for that eternal life as I ask you to forgive me of my sins. That's where trust starts. It's that relationship with God, cleansing and forgiveness from him, And then as He continues to grow us and develop us, we trust Him with the further impossible things in our lives. Number six, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Jochebed, for preparing some practical life lessons. Verses 9 and 10, it says, The woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. What a challenge for Jochebed, the challenge to, to place him in the basket and trust God. God came through with the impossible, and she was able to raise her son and get paid for it, ultimately knowing she would have to release him back to Pharaoh's daughter. What a challenge that might be but she was preparing him from the young age and teaching and training and equipping with God. Studies suggest that 50% of a child's attitude is learned in the first three years of life. We've got an incredible opportunity as we raise little ones. The Russians, the Soviets used to say, give us a child for the first four years of their life, and we'll have them for life. Many teachers would say that by, by the time a child is in kindergarten, they've already been trained how to act. These young, early years are foundational and formational. We have an incredible opportunity, moms and dads and adults, to invest in the lives of little ones, preparing practical life lessons, lessons that teach about God, point to who He is, His love, His forgiveness, His concern, His His guidance in our lives? Are we teaching them about prayer? Are we teaching them about the Word of God? Are we teaching them about faithfulness to Him and, and living according to His Word? Life lessons, practical lessons, spiritual lessons. Let me ask you this. What lessons would you teach your child if you knew that your time with them was limited? Jochebed did not have years and years and years. She had a limited amount of time before she surrendered him back to Pharaoh's daughter. No doubt she was intentional about teaching and training and equipping with a heart for God. What attitudes and values would you seek to instill into them? Would you just let chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity, slip and slide by? Or would you make sure that they were catching and understanding each of these lessons? We've got to realize our time is limited. Oftentimes, children can grow less teachable year after year. Thanks, moms. Thanks, dads. Thanks, everyone, for your investment in preparing practical and spiritual life lessons, investing in little ones. Seize each moment. Take advantage of every moment while it lasts. Moses was nurtured and had a a receptivity and and a responsiveness to God and to his call. Finally this morning principle that we see from Jochebed is a principle that we would do well to develop, and that's to leave a lasting legacy. Verse 10 says, When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. See, we've got this serious responsibility. As we raise our children, ultimately we raise them to release them. It's a challenge, right? And we're in the midst of that. They're not the wee little ones, but they haven't quite hit that high school and college graduation. We're right in the midst of that. We're raising them to release them. Many of you are ahead of us or behind us or years and years in advance of where we might be. Our children, they're they're that legacy. As we invest in them, we're trying to set them up for their future, preparing them. Ultimately, what what we see from Amram and Jochebed, as they raised Moses up, they instilled an incredible love and a heart for God that even as they brought him to the palace and they presented him to Pharaoh's daughter. God was in his heart, in his mind, in his life, and that lasting legacy, Moses was used in some pretty mighty ways down the road in leading the people of Israel, the Israelites, forward. There was a, a powerful legacy that was given. Children are going to live long, long after accomplishments are forgotten, long after trophies disintegrate and, and awards are forgotten that soul and that child will live for eternity we have an incredible privilege we have an incredible opportunity to teach and equip and develop those children and those grandchildren those individuals that we come in contact with to point them to jesus christ for their future Certainly, we do what we can. We invest how we can. It is going to be their personal choice, their opportunity of accepting Jesus Christ, of surrendering their heart and their life to him. They make their decisions. They establish their paths. But we have an incredible opportunity to try to lay that out in front of them as God has guided and directed and ordained. So this morning as we look at Jochebed and this morning as we look at so many incredible men and women and as we're honoring women and honoring mothers this morning, we say thank you. Thank you for your investment. Thank you for being found faithful even many times without recognition. Thank you for seeing the potential and seeing through the eyes of faith. Thank you for having courage even in the midst of difficult times and adversity. Thank you for working creatively to to solve lots of problems that have come your way. Thank you for trusting God with the impossible, knowing that he can make the impossible possible. Thank you for preparing practical and spiritual life lessons. And thank you in advance for leaving a lasting legacy to the Lord.